When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Glass is beautiful. That's what everyone thinks. Otis Eyewear's range features stunning mineral glass sunnies that transcend the boundaries between style, durability and sustainability. The world looks better through Otis Eyewear. Visit otiseyewear.com. 2011. It was Geelong versus Collingwood. The Cats, 38-point winners. It was their third premiership in a five-year period. A little dynasty that they set up there. But Cameron Ling, the captain on the day. And he just talked about not just the win, but the true launch of a young man's career. Here it is. Oh, Gilly, hard to narrow it down to, to just one. But can I pick on one player? A young lump of a kid in his fifth year who'd been dropped twice throughout the year and maybe wasn't quite fulfilling his potential to catch supporters out there. Big Tom Hawkins. Here's Wojcicki off to Chapman. Kicks long towards the goal square and the mark's taken by Hawkins. Playing in front. The Premier of Victoria likes it. Tell you what, Tommy Hawkins' work rate in this game has just been enormous. He's been up at half-back contesting. He's power run back all the way inside 50. And look at that mongrel floating kick inside 50. Hawkins in front. He has been sensational. He stood up. His last half in particular and his last quarter, he just took over that game. Playing on the Australian centre-back, Ben Reid, every time we got it out of the middle, we just sensed that Tommy Hawkins, this 22-year-old kid, was just going to mark everything. And he was taking contested marks. He was outbodying Reed. He was just dominating in the air. And it was this sense of, oh, we've got this, and Hawk's going to just keep marking everything and, and keep us keep us going. Selwood, the setup is complete then. Hawkins again! Oh, this is amazing! He was massive that day. In, in a year that he had copped some flack and, as I said, been in and out of the team, he stood up big time. And that was the launching pad of his wonderful career that he's had. He just owned that last half of the 2011 Grand Final. Half forward to Hawkins. This time for company, he has got oh. Tarrant. Another Geelong toe buggy. The big man, Ottens, one hand, couldn't drag it down. They go after it. He gets up again. And then Hawkins does it again. Tommy Hawkins kicks his third. Bit surprisingly, I thought the 24th minute mark of the final quarter might have stood out for you. <laughs> Well, that's the just a quiet little self-indulgence. <laughs> I can't tell my kids about it. Like, boys, if you ever want to watch a highlight in the grand final, here I'll just whack this DVD on for you, and I'll show you this goal that won the game for the Cats. I'm sure in my mind, scores were level. There was 30 seconds to go, and I've nailed the winning goal. Um, but but it was nice. That that was the moment, Gilly, when I I finally allowed myself to completely relax and carry on like an idiot and I ran back to the centre square still celebrating with teammates that that was the moment where I finally 
let it go and knew that we had the game won and no more stressing about stoppage structures or any nonsense like that. Let's just enjoy it. It was it was a wonderful little moment there. And, um, one of the last kicks that I ever had in, in the game of footy, so it was very nice. Hollywood free kick. Harry O'Brien deep in defence. Oh, short one. Johnson slips over. Varco to the captain. This would be sweet. A sweet goal to Cameron Ling. 2012, we're up to the Sydney Swans beat the Hawks by 10 points. Jared McVeigh was captain. He was co-captain with Adam Goods that year, but he had the day to get up there, the opportunity on the day to get up there and hold the cup aloft. He talks about what many people may feel are small moments, I reckon, Goss, but uh, be they of courage or unrelenting commitment to a task, but they can truly inspire a team. Here's Jared McVeigh on 2012. Oh, there was probably a couple on that day. It was, a, as you said, it was a top tier turvy game. Um, I think initially we were under the pump. Um, then Dan Hanabry went back with the flight um, and took a really courageous mark in front of Mumford and David Hale. I'm pretty sure. And um, I remember looking around at a few of the, our teammates, and we thought, what an amazing act! And I said, all right, we've got to get in on this, um, you know, and start fighting for our. Uh, to get back in the game. So that was a, a moment that was huge uh, at, at the start of the game, probably one of the best moments of the game for me. They've got all the momentum, but Sydney are only three points behind. Jordan Lewis's kick not great. Across his head. Oh, what courage! What a grab and a grand final that is. Oh, that is when you talk about moments, you talk about moments in a player's career. When they happen in grand finals, oh. that, that, that is Leo Barry-like this, Mark. Terrific oh. start from Dan Hennebury. He marked the ball. That's an amazing contested mark. Then probably in the last quarter, um, I've seen a few snippets of it this week, actually, that uh, Ryan O'Keefe got the ball with about a minute and a half to go and kicked it uh, through the corridor to Lewis Jetter. I think Shane Savage actually took the mark. And then I remember looking across to the other side of the field and Hawk had three players out on their own. I thought, oh, no, here we go. Um, we're going to get done here. And then Marty Matner actually ran forward and made a tackle on Birchall, I think it was, and then took the ball out of bounds. And after that, we pushed it forward and got that last goal through Malcheski. That's a poor kick coming in from O'Keefe. They had Matner in the middle of the ground. And this is a big play out wide. Can Birchall turn Matner inside out? He doesn't. Matner, does he get the free? Matner scrambling. He wins the ball, Matner. Can he bang it back in? It's out of play. Geez, that was good there by play, play by Marty Matner. O'Keefe had him on in the middle of the ground. He didn't sulk. He just pushed aggressively across to deny Birchall an uncontested ball. If it wasn't for Marty, uh, you know, leaving his man and running forward, they could have, you know, whisked it down the other end pretty quickly because Hawthorne had such uh, great skills back then. So that was probably the two moments for me that uh, was massive. Can't emerge with a football knocked forward by Savage. Hanabry to Malcheski. Is that the grand final? Sydney are premiers. What a snap. What a celebration. What a grand final. 2013, the Hawks uh, got back to the big dance after the disappointments of losing 2012. And you're right, Luke Hodge was at the helm. 15-point winners over at the Fremantle Dockers, WA's own. But uh, Hodgie talks of a teammate who backed himself in with a memorable grand final goal. And just the emotion of getting back in the winner's circle. I guess the moment that really sticks in my mind and where we realised that, that, we, that we'd won it was when Isaac Smith, who is uh, obviously now at Geelong, but... Um, he, he, had, he had a set shot from about 52, 53 metres out with about 10 minutes to go. 
and uh, and kicked it through. So Isaac Smith, a very busy 50, very congested, so he might have to have a crack. And he shapes the footy as if he is. He's going to have a go from outside the 50. Isaac Smith, oh, he's given it a good ride. That is a monster! That's a huge kick for Hawthorne! And, uh, and he ran back like everyone knows what Isaac's like. He's exciting, he's... He's a very up-and-about kind of person, and he's running back, throwing his arms around um, as if the siren's going. And I'd, me being a little bit nervous from, as you said, the two, grand, the two final series beforehand, I was sort of telling him to pipe it down and just settle down, but he, hadn't, he, didn't, he didn't care what I was saying to him. He was running around trying to get the crowd up and about. Yes, he's Have a look at him. Yeah. Yes. What is the double Cobra celebration. The Hawks fans get out of their chair. And that's a massive, massive goal. I think from that time was when I sort of could sit back and realise that we, we'd had a big enough break on them that they weren't going to come back. And, and we'd finally achieved, uh, after a couple of years of, of failing, we finally achieved that we, we knew we were going to take out the, the 2013 Premiership. Bunny may get the last touch. Dawson deprives him. They've done it. The best team all year. Last year so difficult for them. Back on top of the mountain. Describe that feeling, knowing you got it in the bag. I'm I'm someone who normally you don't you don't get too carried away too early, so um, I was a little bit a little bit nervy still, but it's just so many different emotions. Um, I guess the first one was relief. Um, a lot of people after 2008, it was excitement. It was a bunch of young um, footballers who just beat a better team on the day in Geelong. Where this year, up the pressure that we had going into it, it was just relief. Relief that we'd finally. Got to, got to the stage without, without, without failing what we did the, the prior two years. Twenty fourteen, it was the Hawks again, back to back. They went Luke Hodge, obviously still skipper. He speak uh, spoke about going back to back. How the tempo you can set it early in the opening quarter, and of course the big. Elephant in the room going into that one, taking on a former mate, well, still a mate, a former teammate in the form of big buddy Franklin. <laughs> yeah, I guess that one was a little bit different. Um, Sydney, we had no pressure on us going into that, to that game. Sydney finished on top of the ladder. Everyone's headed Sydney to, to, to win that game. So, um, And we came out and just played some, some ripping football. I remember Paul Hanabry, um, there was three stages in the first quarter where Jared Ruffhead tackled him, put him into the ground. I think Luke Bruce NRL tackled and speared, speared him into the ground, and then David Hale, of all people, caught him and, and speared him into the ground. So, <laughs> Lewis sweeping hand pass towards the wing, more in hope. Hanabry slammed to the turf by Bruce. Hale tries to backhand it down. Gee, they've been hard on Hanabry. That was a big hit. I think it was McAvoy or Ruffhead that got him. Meantime, in the goal square, Gunston. Sometimes players are a team target, and I get the feeling Hanabry is. Everybody's hitting it. We, we realised from early on that, that we, were, we were, were ready to play and, and we were pumped up. Uh, and you're right, a, a lot of that was um, a little bit of motivation from what they did to us in 2012, beating us in that grand final. But it was also Clarko built it up. He, um, he said that we had a former teammate who everyone loved in Buddy coming up to play against us and, and he was trying to take a premiership medal off us. Uh, and we knew the pain of that from two years ago. So I think that was the motivation and the mindset. And I guess the, the main thing that sticks into my mind, which I guess is a little bit weird on a football field, is when we were, we were sort of chest to chest during the third quarter, we're about 50 points up. So uh, we knew that we were, we were pretty comfortable at that stage. And 
for some reason, I, I pecked him on the cheek. <laughs> um, gave him a bit of a kiss. And, mate, I didn't think anything else of it. I thought, two mates. Um, and then as I've gone to run off, I've heard 100,000 people starting to laugh. And I'm like, oh, no, they've caught it. I've looked up on the big screen and they've gone replay after replay of me kissing Bud on the footy field. So Luke Hodge on the Chemist Warehouse replay screen just kissing Buddy Franklin on the cheek. And Luke Hodge gave Buddy Franklin a kiss. Oh, Hodge, thinks it's done already. Getting rather amorous out there. Three and a half minutes to go. <laughs> Nothing wrong with kissing the old opponent. <laughs> Good on you, dude. Bit of pass rash, you think, for, uh, for Buddy? My first instinct was, I hope Clark, I didn't see that. Because he, uh, he hates people being a smart aleck. You've you got to win gracefully. And um, I, all I was doing, I was just doing with a mate, a reaction to a mate. I've looked across and the runner started coming out. And I'm like, oh, no, he's going to drag me and spray me. So I've turned around and ran to the other side of the ground to make sure that the, uh, the runner couldn't get to me. But... Luckily enough, he didn't see it. The runner was just sending out another message. But um, that, that's been something that's been brought up pretty much every grand final week of why did you kiss Buddy Franklin? And the answer the answer to right now is I still don't know. But um, but no, it was, it was a great experience. And, and Bud took it the right way. He knew I wasn't being a smart which was most important. Team, the best team of the modern era of the last 50 years produces its masterpiece. They've never been better than this. Premiership number three in a row for the Hawks, Luke Hodge. He remembers one of the most exceptional talents in the game, and uh, you'll hear who that is. And he also, just a little bit of uh, pressure on the Hawks as they went to it about people possibly thinking they were past their best. Here it is, Luke Hodge. I guess a little, there was a little bit of motivation from West Coast beating us in the first final, and, and a lot of the media did write us off, um, saying that we're too old, we're too slow. Um, we're probably at the back end of, of the, the better football for a lot of us throughout our career. Uh, but the, the main thing that sticks into my mind, which it comes down to this bloke is, was an absolute star for us and, and one of the most exciting players we've ever played with was Cyril Rioli um, chasing down Hutchings uh, on the back flank. Um, you could just sort of hear, and I was over the other side of the ground, um, but you could hear the crowd. And you know when you get 100,000 people could see something happening, but the poor fellow with the ball had no idea. Releases Bruce, who tries to pull it back towards the middle. Why not? Rioli is lurking. He finished up on the deck by McGovern. Kept his balance. Hutchings comes away. Nothing down the ground. He's run down by Rioli. His hands were quick enough, or were they? Bruce, meantime, hits it back to Gunston, and Gunston has got another one. His second. Um, and as Cyril, every step that he, he took, he was just gaining so much distance. And as he's launched and, and laid the tackle and the crowd's just erupted, um, that was the time there I thought our pressure was on. We'd had a good lead and, and, and the football we were playing was, was quality. But I, I still remember the sound of the crowd and I still remember um, yeah, just that chase down from Cyril, which, which sticks in my mind. They know the end is nigh. The siren sounds. Football immortality. 13, 14, and now 15 for these magnificent Hawks who reign supreme. This team, this coach, this club, they are the envy of the football world. 2016, of course, saw the fairy tale story of the Bulldogs. And yes. they're, uh, they're there again, aren't they, tomorrow? But it was a long time between drinks for the Dogs leading into 2016. Did it from 7th. Took on Sydney. They won by 22 points. And it was uh, an unsuspecting captain who uh, assumed the role after round three injury to Bob Murphy. It was Easton Wood 
Just have a listen to he talks about the realisation that you've done it, the emotion and the culmination of all that hard work. He's Easternwood 2016. I suppose the one that stuck with me the most and had the biggest reaction to was the, um, and the most memorable, was when the, was when the siren went. And really because for the entire time leading into the final series, even during that game against the Swans in the grand final, I hadn't kind of let myself get past where we were and kind of hadn't really imagined what it would be like to have won. It's kind of just in the moment and just trying to focus as much as I could on what we needed to do. And then as that siren goes, just the overwhelming uh, relief of, oh my God, we've done it. And then the, um, the finality of that, the, we've done it, but we've done it forever, um, kind of washed over me and that hit hit home and I just wasn't really prepared how to react to that <laughs> to react to that moment so I guess I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now <laughs> and um, yeah when it happened I was just completely overwhelmed with emotion it was incredible just elation happiness there was some sadness in there I don't know why but I didn't know what else to do and I just ugly cried for about 10 minutes it was great <laughs> a win for the Western Bulldogs a lifetime of heartache and the drought is over at the MCG. They beat Sydney. An extraordinary September. The Doggies are Premiers. And they win by 22 points. Where were you on the ground? Who were you next to? Who was the nearest teammate that you were able to embrace with first? Well, I believe the ball was in our Ford 50, so I was setting up um, defensively out outside in the zone-ish, I suppose. Um, so I had about a 20-metre run to get to Dal Morris, who was my next um, closest teammate. And, yeah, we just I just launched and jumped on him, and then we were just, next thing we were on the ground, and I think there was a few other boys around us, and it was just um, pandemonium, mate. And what about from a, a point of view of being captain, the realisation that you're going to stand up there and, and it, it's in folklore now, the fact that you did it alongside your injured skipper, Bob Murphy, who'd given so much of his heart and soul to that footy club. Yeah, well, that was um, obviously, you know, incredibly special to be up there with with Bob, who'd um, had that, the tragedy of doing his knee, and I think it was round three. Um and I was kind of vaulted into that role as role as captain after having never had a formal leadership position at the club um, prior to that year. So um, yeah, I certainly felt <laughs> a long way out of my depth. So yeah, that was that was really special. I mean, there was kind of that bittersweet element of it. Bob's one of my best friends, and you know, seeing how much he gave to the football club to kind of get us um, back on the right track and out of the depths at the end of at end of 2014 when we come out of. Uh, a really challenging period um, to then get to that point and for him not to be able to be standing there with a with jumper on having played was um, it was really brutal so yeah it was a, an incredible moment uh, filled with lots of emotions yeah and yeah a special one Twenty seventeen, we're up to. Goss, how many years was it since the Tigers had won? 
Oh, that's a very good question. I reckon 82 was the last year before that. Yeah, I think it was about 37 years, wasn't it? 30, uh, sorry, 30, yeah, something like that. So I'm, you've asked I'm a question, you that. didn't know the answer. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. I just wanted to see what he said. <laughs> anyway, it, we'll all recall, you'll all recall just how emotional it was, Matthew Richardson sitting down on the sideline and trying to work part of the coverage. He was in tears. But the skipper, Trent Cochin, he was uh, the leader when Richmond defeated Adelaide by 48 points and he talks about uh, a goal where you really feel like that you've got it in the bag and believe it's really happening. Trent Cochin, 2017 Premiership captain. I remember at half-time going in there and Adelaide being amazing. Fast starters in pretty much every game for the year. They were clearly the uh, best team for the season um, or the most consistent. And I knew if we were close... We had managed to run over the top of most teams that we'd played, in the, particularly in the later part of the year. So I think Dimmer just gave us a vote of confidence at half-time that that was the case and just refired up the troops. But there was one bit of play that I think we transitioned out of our back, um, our back line. It, it wasn't even a pretty play, but it was just contest. We had a little win, contest, had a little win. And then I think either Dion, I think Dion Prestia must have got forward and handballed it inside to Kane Lambert and he snapped it. And um, I think it put us a few goals in front, but I just knew at that time that it, it was going to be ours and um, felt incredibly confident after that time. Townsend ball over. Butler went back and got it. And then he kicks a high ball. It goes to the hot spot. No mark. Lever is there. And Greg got the handball. Lambert's a chance here from the pocket. Snapped and goals! Oh! Another one for the Tigers! Wow! Oh. It is all Richmond at the MCG on grand final day. Up until the siren, you're not <laughs> fully 100% confident, even though we were a few goals up by that stage. Yeah, probably just a whole host of emotions. Relief, excitement, yeah, just, yeah, almost just an aura of something that I didn't even know was happening. The countdown's onto the siren. We wait for the roar. And there it is! strong and the bold who have been taunted and traumatised for over 37 years this one is for you Richmond, yes Richmond our premiers 5.13pm on Saturday September 30 2017 is officially Tiger Time 2018 it was the Eagles chance to shine over the pies I think we'd probably all say we're happy about that yeah. More so who you defeated, not who won it. But Take anyway, that, Bryce Eagles <laughs> by five points. Drama packed game. One of the great grand finals where it turned and changed and then the big finish and the sheet goal. But Shannon Hearn talks about a few passages of play that had a huge effect and the best part of the post-game celebrations here. Bunga Hearn. Well, as you understand with footy, there's always little bits or in sport, there's always little moments. But I think... I think Yoey kicked the goal must have been in the third quarter. I thought that was really important for us because I thought we had a reasonable bit of momentum and, and he managed to kick one, so get on the scoreboard. Nice to steady for Collingwood. Picks out Adams. A dangerous oh. kick. He's put it straight on the chest of Yoey. in the way. What club was it? Is that West Coast runner? If that's the West Coast runner, that's a free kick. Yeah. It has to be the Collingwood runner. The umpire yeah, had a great view of it. He would have blown the yeah. whistle. Yeah. West Coast runner's down. Well, great, well picked up. And there you go. A runner. A runner has had a massive say in this. Elliot Yo has the mark to put the West Coast Eagles in front. Elliot Yo. Oh, oh Yo, he has kept it. What a goal. 
And even Liam Ryan's hit on Maynard was, was pretty good. Jetta gets another little opportunity. Ferocious here at the moment, the pie. Sire setting up Maynard. Caught one right in the guts from Ryan. He's down Maynard. He's winded. He's really soaked up that one. That is a perfect hip and shoulder front on. They were probably the two points where I thought um, helped us towards the back end of the game, but it was more probably that bit just before quarter time, I think, um, Rioli kicked one. Langman tries to rush it. Was it off the boot? I think he got a boot to that. I think he did too. I think it's a goal. That is a Rioli goal. Yeah, they were probably the two main points that helped us in the game, I think. Just the important bit, because we didn't kick one. I think um, all of a sudden could have been six or seven goals down, and then it is a long way back. Post-game celebration. Standout moment for you? Well, uh, the, the the thing I really enjoyed was um, we were very fortunate enough, obviously, back in the rooms and your celebrations and everything and um, that night. But when we got back to Perth, we um, managed to uh, have the, well, the, the the 22 players that played and then the whole squad together. That was, uh, that was a really special um, thing for me. While we understand it's a whole club and supporters and everyone helps go along for the ride, just that that intimate moment just to sit there and um, yeah, have a laugh and have a chat about what had gone on and what we'd achieved was was, was really special. So that was the that was the best thing I enjoyed about the um, the post the post celebration. Ryan sets it into the pocket, two on one, the Eagles on the numbers, Sheep marks, did he play on umpire says no, go back and take your shot. Tom Sheen outside the boundary, right forward pocket. Can he do it? He steers it at goal. No! need a bounce, it got over Cole but not over Yo, Yo prods it back to the 50, big pack flies no mark, Maynard fumbled it, tackles a lane, siren sounds, the Eagles overcome every obstacle within the season within the game they hit the front right at the death and West Coast celebrate an extraordinary win in the grand final a true epic finish course we're going through the dynasty or the dynasty that was Richmond of 2019. Yeah, it took on GWS. It was a thumping 89 points. But Trent Cochin, a point of difference on this one, Goss. It's not so much about something, an incident on the field or a passage of play. It's just a nice little pre-game message that came from Damien Hardwick and how to go about preparing to take on the biggest stage of all. I think for me, 2019, um, you know, I GWS, we knew it had a pretty uh, fair old crack the week before in the prelim um, and had managed to just sneak through into the, the big one. But um, I think Dimmer set it up just with his, his pre-game, and I know I shared a little bit of this with you, Gilly, uh, with uh, the story about our high-performance manager and him doing Kokoda Trail, and uh, he asked us to write or dedicate our game to someone or a few people that um, have either been a really important part of your life and your football journey but also who you care about and we had to write that significant person or people uh, on a rock, a small rock um, that stayed in our our locker room uh, for the game and mine's still in my locker at the footy club now. Dima shared with us a story prior to the game about um, our high performance manager 
um, who, when doing the Kokoda Trek uh, a, a few years back, they were at Hawthorne together, he actually dedicated um, the trail to his old man and by doing so he put an extra five kilo boulder in his backpack to carry with him uh, on the trek and um, that was due to him always wanting to do that with his dad and not really having that opportunity given he was taken from him at a, a younger age or earlier than when he was supposed to and um, how that reflected was that if you typically dedicate your performance to someone else you take the focus of you. Yeah from you know sometimes you just all click uh, both from a performance point of view and system and processes but also just a spiritual level and I, I feel as though the stars aligned on that day and hence you know it was a real arm wrestle in the first part of the game but uh, for whatever reason we <laughs> we all fired at once and um, took the game away from the Giants quite uh, convincingly in that game and again uh, <laughs> it's obviously nice to win the real close ones and uh, run over the top of teams, but uh, to know that you're probably highly likely of winning a game, uh, the most important game of the year, um, at three-quarter time is pretty special. Yeah, I reckon most would say halftime. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> locked away. It's euphoria at the MCG from the Tiger faithful, and we haven't even reached the halfway mark. Revolt's booted three as his Tigers have seven. And the Giants are stalled with just one. I think the reality is that we, we knew what had worked for us for you know, a period of time, you know, across three years. We obviously had our ups and downs throughout those three years, but it was literally focusing on the process and as boring as that seems, um, that had got us there and given us those opportunities. So I think when you're so driven uh, around that and focusing on what you can control, Sometimes you can just be caught up in that and, and the next moment. And I think there would have been a few guys that were, you know, floating about and looking up in the stands a bit more than they typically would have in uh, the last quarter of a grand final. The siren sounds! Richmond are premiers! Stronger and bolder than ever before! The final of the 10, the 10th instalment of the Friday Focus. It was Richmond again, obviously a very challenging season indeed, uh, getting through COVID, but the Tigers got it done. 31-point winners over the Cats up at Geelong, and uh, Koch just touches on a few passages of play, and uh, also the benefits of having one of the greatest ever to play the game in your team. Here's Trent. Funnily enough, I had actually tackled Gazza, and I thought the game had stopped because he'd broken his shoulder or collarbone Um and hadn't realised that Tigger had been KO'd just behind the play. And clearly the game stopped for a period of time. And, um, yeah, it was a bit weird. And obviously Tigger's an amazing player and has performed at the elite level uh, consistently for a long period of time. So you never want to see your soldiers go down like he did. But um, I also had confidence that we'd be able to uh, somehow swing <laughs> the positions around and, and find a different way forward. Thump it down towards Ablett, who gets a touch. To Blitzarves, three tackle Blitzarves on the and, wing and, and they hold Ablett's, him up. Ablett's hurt his shoulder. Oh boy, so is Vlosten down as well. So Ablett's down and Vlosten. Dangerfield got Vlosten and Ablett. Oh no. Still holding no, his shoulder. Just, oh no, stretcher for Vlosten. Stretcher for Vlosten. That's why they're holding it up. For me, I think the, you know, the, the moment that probably reignited our belief was uh, the goal that Dusty managed to kick just before half time uh, I think at that time they might have been 35 points up which 
you know, it was a pretty significant deficit at halftime of a grand final, and he, uh, it was pretty significant. Baker, 60 metres away from the Tigers' goal, sends it deep. Lynch fighting with three Cats defenders at ground level. Martin points it over his shoulder. Dusty, you genius! How does he do the things that he does? You know, walking in at halftime, the, the guys were pretty flat, and uh, we just had to find a way to, to get the momentum back on our terms for the first part of the second half. Richmond win their third premiership in four years and take their mantle as one of football's great teams. Thank you for listening to In Focus with Adam Gilchrist, brought to you by Otis Eyewear. The world looks better through Otis Eyewear. See the range at otiseyewear.com. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.